And I said, our kids want to know if they're Superman and if they're heroes. And the enemy is going to do everything to tell them no and to stop the glory of their life just like he stopped yours. And every man in here knows that most of your wounding came from your father. And you're the only one that can answer their questions, am I a superhero daddy? And then I went back and said, their enemy's coming to attack your kids. And you're the only one that can stop them as a father. But you have to prepare yourself and prepare your heart and do whatever it takes to deal with your stuff. Hey everybody, this is Troy Mangum. Welcome to The Kindling Fire. Did you know your life is a message that God is wanting to communicate to the world? Every episode, I get to interview friends of mine, people that I think are awesome, whose life is communicating a message that needs to get out to the world. Thank you for joining. So two years ago, you know, my oldest daughter, for about two years before that, she's wanted to stay with me and didn't want to hurt her mom and and um, God put us together and and I got custody of the, my kids and I didn't ask, never asked for it. Yeah. It's just we, my ex and I talked on the phone and I think it's better for the girls to be with you now and it was hard. It was not easy and it was it was crazy. I was in shock for the first three days. And this is how are they? How old are they at that point? 15 to 17. And then the last time that you were with them was, I mean, five and three or five, wow, okay. something like that. Yeah, 10 years plus. Yeah. Holy so God. so you're looking at, <clears throat> I'm a dad who comes into town, have fun, and leaves. Yeah. And they spend the summer with me, but they don't need to have friends. They only stay in there for eight weeks, seven weeks, and they go back to New York. Now they move in with me, and I go from fun dad to who are you talking to? What are you doing? No, you can't do this. And I got rules and regulations. This ain't happening. Right. And it was hard. Yeah. For the first year. I believe it. And by shock. Oh my for god. Both for, of you. for everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, my wife and I can't we were home alone for all the for I were married nine years, so the first seven years. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden now we got two kids in the house. And this sport, that thing, this thing, that thing. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, would not trust me at all. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> now that I'm doing some coaching through life leadership, one of the things that they recommend is that you read a book every every month. And one of the books that I read is called Personality Plus. I read that book, and I read my personality. And my personality, I'm driven. I can tell you exactly what's going to happen in your life if you do this, this, and this, and this is what's going to happen. And I'm always right. That's the bad part. Yeah. Right? So I'm a know-it-all, right? <laughs> so I got to watch out for that. <clears throat> My daughter's personality is total opposite. I'm going to look at everything negative, 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 negative until everything lines up, and then I'll do it. I read three chapters in that book. And I sat her down. I said, honey, I'm going to read something to you. And I read my personality. And she was like a deer with headlights. Like, oh, he's not the only crazy one in the world. God gave me people like him. <laughs> yes. And then I read her her personality. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. I said, I looked at her. I said, there's nothing wrong with you. And there's nothing wrong with me. 
And it was like a wall came down. And God redeemed that. That's grace. <clears throat> and, um, you know, with my wife Kim now, going into that, um, go, you know, I, I know I'm jumping all over the place, and please forgive me. Mm, you're doing but, great. But, um, <clears throat> you know, when I was going through that divorce, I'll tell you how I got to my wife, and I was going through the divorce, and I had those three goals. Got got to be able to look God eye to eye, and my ex-wife, and my children, and I'm reading the Bible, and the first thing God told me during that season is, I want you to pursue me the way you pursued women. I was like, okay. So, you know, I started reading. I started going to counseling. It was like the Holy Spirit, go to this, do this, do that. I went to inner healing ministries, mm. breaking generational curses, ungodly beliefs, soul hurt, soul ties, demonic oppression, any demons that have to do with, with generational curses, sexual yeah. addiction, and all those things, and soul ties. And went to two different ministries of that. Um, God, the Holy Spirit really started giving me the information. Um, my first mentor that I told you about earlier, his name was mm -hmm. Bill O'Brien. That I got saved because of him, and yeah. some of the things that he was teaching me at the time. Three main things: number one, you are the people you associate with. Mm. Number two, you got to have a big vision and a big dream. And number three, you got to always be renewing your mind and putting information in, because mm. the only asset you have is what you put in between your two ears. You know, most people invest in food from the waist down, they invest, right? Mm. And the head up, they don't. Mm. And you could tell the difference, mm. you know. So, <clears throat> and... That was a freebie. <laughs> yeah, that was a freebie. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Because now when I mentor men, I, I always ask them, what have you read in the past? Who you've been hanging out with in the past five years? Who, what have you been reading in the past five years? What you've been listening to? Hmm. Because that has molded you to who you are today. Yeah, this is very true. So, um, <clears throat> so through the process of, of of you know Holy Spirit just guiding me, He walked me through everything. Like, call this person, ask them for forgiveness. Go to this ministry. Go to this inner healing ministry. Do this. Do that. And then I got connected to. Um, let me try to keep everything together. So, with my, when it came to my wife, mm. I was reading the Bible, Proverbs thirty one. And I had this list of, you know, make a list of what you want in a wife. And it was like Mother Teresa. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and then I was reading the Bible and it says that you will have, your, your wife will bring you good and not harm. And you'll have full confidence in her. And that was in Proverbs 31. And that was after three and a half years of being alone. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you for this. Hmm. And um, <clears throat> and then when I met my wife, so then I met her, she wasn't even saved. She came to church, she wasn't saved. Hmm. And that's another whole story. That's crazy. Yeah, God was moving. I, I can tell you, I, I think I think it's a good one to, to share. Maybe we'll have you guys on there, we can, we can explore it. Yeah, not now, okay. Yeah. 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 So um, <clears throat> that was just amazing. Now she was she wasn't on the radar because she wasn't even saved the day I met her. Yeah. And I discipled her on the phone for months and months and months. I said I'm not going out with her because through counseling I learned that my strength is my weakness. My strength is I want to rescue people. My weakness is I attract broken women to me. Yeah. And then I become their god. So, <clears throat> you know, she's above and beyond whatever I could have put on that list. We've never, ever, ever had a high volume discussion. Never. She's never disrespected me. Mm -hmm. Now, for Christmas, 
this year, she gave me Superman underwear. And it's funny, right? But she always sends me text message, Superman, and I call her Wonder Woman. You know, I'm proud of you, Superman, and, and because of all the things that I've been doing in men's ministry and helping yeah. people and, and giving my life away. Yeah. You know, the enemy attacked me so much that I love to kick his butt. You know, the best way for me to kick his butt is to set somebody else free. Amen. You know, I went to Greensboro this weekend, a young man, and called him up. He's like, what are you going to charge me to come out here? I said, nothing, man. We're just going to kick Satan's butt. Yeah. And within minutes, he says, I want you, I need you in my life. So it's just been miracles after miracles after miracles. So. But you've been through a lot of life prep. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> years, years of preparing mm-hmm. through all that crap yeah. to, to, to get you ready. It was all training. Yeah. It was all training and, and restoration and truth. And whenever yeah. the Lord healed me of anything, whatever he gave me, I gave it away. We have to keep giving it away. Don't stay. Don't get fat. Don't, don't you mm-hmm. know. I know as you're supposed to, out of the overflow, yes. It's an overflow. Right. But give it away, give it away, give it away. He'll put some more in. Yeah. Give it away, he puts more in. Some people, you know, God heals them, restores them. You know, one of the things I hated, and I guess this is why they put a fire in me to help people. So when I was going through my divorce, afterwards I get married to Kim, things are cool. And to have people come to me from the church I was in mm. saying, man, you know, I see how you're doing now. That's great. I went through the same thing. And I was like, where the heck in my heart? I didn't tell them this. Yeah. Where the heck were you? When I was home, wanted to kill myself, had nobody telling me they loved me, and you knew exactly what I felt. I was in the darkness, almost ready to give up on life and kill myself, and you didn't even call me, didn't even care about me. Yeah. And now you want to celebrate with me of how amazing my life is. Yeah. See, what happens is, look, you got to go through your stuff. You got to go through the valley of darkness, and you got to come out the other side. Hmm. You're not going to go around it. And if you don't go through it, you're going to be stuck in it. Yeah. And you're going to have shame, guilt, and all that crap. Yeah. That all of a sudden, other people around you are going through it, and I'm going to keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> There's a word called, the Jewish word called, you don't have no chuspa. Yeah. yeah. You know what that one is? Yep. <laughs> okay. Have, yeah. yeah, I know that one. <laughs> no chuspa. No chuspa. You don't have that. Yeah. And and you're stuck. Yeah. Now understand this. It's like all the stuff I went through is I went through the valley of the shadow of death. Hmm. And I hooked a zip line across the top. Now you can hook on that zip line and you get to where I went through much faster than I've been there. Hmm. But you got to be willing to do the work. Yeah. Most men don't want to do the work. All they want is microwave. Give me the answer. Boom. Five minutes. Done. I don't have to do no work. I don't have to change. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's a process and it takes time. Mm-hmm. To develop intimacy with God. You know, Michael Thompson, when I first met him through Zoe Men's Ministry, ticked me off. He <laughs> said, it's going to take two years for you to even start believing and trusting and I was like, that was a big shot. It was like seven years after my ex left me. I thought I was something and all that in a bag of chips. And I was like, nah, come on. 
But then after, it was like God slapped me and said, dummy, you're seven years into this and you still ain't free. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. <laughs> God called your bluff. He called my bluff. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <clears throat> so, it, you know, I, I mentioned to you guys that I got for Christmas. My wife gave me the Superman underwears and... <clears throat> And it was cool. So the, we're going to the heart of a warrior. And then the day before, I'm talking to a man and and just asking him about his marriage and things in his life. And and uh, I just said to him, you know, you want to be Superman to your wife, don't you? And he almost broke out crying. He said, yeah, I do. So that night I came home and <clears throat> I told my wife, you know, honey, you know, I shared this Superman underwear thing with this man. And, and um and she was like, oh, you know, she felt so bad. And at the same time, um, so on the way up, this way gets crazy. <clears throat> so first of all, I'm on the way up to, to the heart of a warrior. And I've been wanting to get together with Scott Sankavage for months, and it never worked out. With Tom Brennan, who's on a, on a speaker team, because him and I share about fathering. And it never worked out. So I talked to Dave, one of our friends, and he said, I, I'm, I got an extra seat in, chair in my car. You can come see. I said, sure. And who's in the car? Scott and Tom. So on the way up, my wife, she has, she's witty, man. She can make you laugh on the funniest, silliest thing and crack you up. She sends me a text message, and the text message says, Honey, you forgot your Superman underwears. You want me to FedEx them next day air? <laughs> LOL, right? So I'm laughing in the car, and I and the guy say, "What are you laughing at?" <clears throat> and I said, um, "My wife said this." And they start laughing. And there was a man driving the car, and he goes, "Yeah, that's exactly what I want to be—a Superman to my wife." And then, um, so Tom gets up on stage at the Heart of a Warrior, and he's talking about taking the old man off, putting a new man on. And there's 350 guys there, and he goes, "Like Tony." Tony's wife gave him Superman underwears, and everybody's laughing, and he said, they're all my favorite underwears. They really are. They're the most comfortable underwears I have. They're amazing. And, um, I, and my wife tried to find some more for Father's Day. She couldn't find them. <laughs> I'm surprised she hasn't gone online. There'll be a link to Superman underwear in this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For the wives. So for the, yeah, for the wives. For the wives, for the men <laughs> that do the work, get free, and become warriors. That's right. All right. That's right. Women, don't just give this to, I'm not going to call you a man or wimp, but uh, <laughs> I just did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so he gets on stage and talks about taking the old man off and putting a new man on. And he says, you know, it's like Tony, if he put his Superman underwears on the old ones, he wouldn't feel that comfort. So you got to take the old and put the new one on. And then Scott gets up there, which is, gets funny. So Scott, his background story is when he was five years old. I don't know what he told his dad. Some, I think it was something like, I don't want you to be my daddy or something like that. Or said something. And his dad grabbed a suitcase and took underwears, put them in that suitcase. And um, dropped them somewhere off in town and drove off at five years old. Left them on the street. So he had that suitcase with him at the conference because he was going to speak about his he played football for UNC and and was it for the Broncos I think right uh, I believe so he was yeah he was a <clears throat> uh, NFL quarterback NFL quarterback for uh, John Elway he was backup coral for John Elway yeah so um so he brought that suitcase with him with his jerseys and he went into his son's 
underwears and put them in there because he was going to talk about it. So Scott gets on stage and says, I just got a message from Tony's wife. And Tony's, it says that, uh, it says, Scott, I couldn't send Tony um, his Superman underwears. Can you please give him some of yours? And he threw me some Superman underwears that he had, which were kid size. <laughs> and in front of 350 guys, everybody's laughing and cracking up. And um, <clears throat> now fast forward, I'll make this a little quicker. I get up to speak about fathering your kids and then and not home with you. And how. So I, I must I, I had my Bible, Wild at Heart, Outwitting the Devil with me, and um <clears throat> Two Kingdoms, Two Realms book by Michael Thompson and Scott's QB mentor book. So in all these books, it first of all is the word and accountability and men in my life. And um that morning I met a man who lost three kids through leukemia and his wife to leukemia all in three years time some genetic stuff oh snap he goes to me that morning so i said and people ask him how do you live so my life everything i just told you about my life is nothing Mm. compared to losing three kids and a wife to leukemia my journey is easy all the stuff i told you was simple compared to that. I would never want to live with that in my life. And this is what he told me, which was amazing, is I choose every day to be happy. And number two, I choose every day to honor my family and my kids. So I get up on stage and I asked him, are you going to be, I'm going to speak at the father thing. Are you going to be there? He goes, no, I don't go to that session because it hurts too much. And I looked him eye to eye and said, can you please be there? He says, absolutely. And he was giving me a thumbs up from this corner of the stage. I get up on stage with my Bible and I pull out the underwears out of my pocket. And everybody starts laughing and said, no, this is serious. And we always carry, I have a rack of swords. And I went up with the, sword, with the rack, to the rack of swords with the underwears. And I said, our kids want to know if they're supermen and if they're heroes. And the enemy is going to do everything to tell them no and to stop the glory of their life just like he stopped yours. And every man in here knows that most of your wounding came from your father. And you're the only one that can answer their questions, am I a superhero daddy? And then I went back and said, their enemies coming to attack your kids and you're the only one that can stop them as a father. But you have to prepare yourself and prepare your heart and do whatever it takes to deal with your stuff. And I said, and then I was a Christian family that fell apart. And now I had the Bible in my hand and like I was throwing it away saying it's like that following God is fake, it's not real, look at your parents. So that's a wound already. That's an attack on my kid's life. And then the, the gap of being separated from your kids, of the gap of, you know, when you're not home the first night anymore and there's a noise in the house, who's going to get up to protect your kids? Now your oldest son got to do something and step up to be a man at 12 or 13 years old. <clears throat> and then, you know, the enemy does this big gap and I still was dealing with sexual addiction. I'm in the valley and just like the man who lost his kids, what am I doing even though I'm not with my kids? To honor my kids every day. 
to get free from this sexual addiction. I had men in my life, the Holy Spirit, started reading my Bible, started reading Wild at Heart, and every one of those steps were getting me closer and closer and closer to the battles that my kids were going to deal with. Hmm. And literally, my oldest son, I had to, he was doing DWIs, and I've shared his story before, so there's nothing to be hidden. He's doing good now. And he had four DWIs. And a month before this conference, because of the battle and pre preparation and the books and the mentorship and the men in my life, he's going to jail for 30 days, 37 days. And I have to take him into the jailhouse. I got to drop him off. But because of the years of training and the years of restoration and the years of the Lord preparing me for these battles, I walked him in there. And two weeks before, I'm talking to Michael, I'm talking to the men, I'm crying, I'm broken. And having those men pray for me, I looked my son eye to eye and said, I love you and I'm proud of you. You're going to get past this. And for years, I've given him Wild at Heart and he never read it. He went to prison, I sent him Wild at Heart and I sent him out with the devil. And he said, I read it, daddy. Now I understand. I wish I would have read these things before I wouldn't be in jail. And it changed his life. And now I talk to him and we're much tighter now than ever. Yeah. He's 26 now. And, you know, the other day I saw him, I kissed him. Oh, I love you so much. <laughs> so proud of you. Look, I got to interject this. So there's a scripture that, and I don't know where it is, but it's uh, right before um, right before the Passion, like when Jesus is uh, on trial. And it said, it said, Jesus was speaking, and it said that, the enemy is coming after me, but he has nothing in me or on me. And that is where God is wanting to take men. Not, I can't stand up and be the father because of this dark secret that Satan always yanks on and says, you're nothing. And you're going to be nothing. And you're going to destroy everything. And, and what God is trying to do and get men to go through healing, to get men to go through wholeness, to get through coaching, to, to get around a band of brothers, is for you to be able to stand with, with Christ and say, He has nothing in me. Are you perfect? No. But that blood is so strong, I'm going to be bold. The righteous are as bold as a lion. I'm going to step up and I'm going to push forward. And these kids are all benefiting. And my family are all benefiting. And I'm not living under this weight of you are a nothing, you are a failure, you're, you know, and all this stuff. Because all that is is a tactic for you to get out of the way so I can get access to him and to kill him just like I killed you. And some men need to stand up and say, I am not going to allow my past failures anymore to give access to my entire family, anything that I have responsibility for, because I'm playing this guilt game when God went to the cross to forgive me of everything. It's, 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 it's crazy. And it is a tactic of the enemy that men just don't even dial in. They just say, oh, I feel bad. I feel guilty. <clears throat> it's like you have no idea what you're doing, dude. You're not even appropriating the power that God has given you to, to not only rescue you, but to rescue others. Yeah. I just had to go off on that. <laughs> you know, the enemy is doing everything from, from the day you're born to separate you from, from truth. Yeah. Get you separated, separated, separated. Yeah. And then we start living in the matrix. Yep. And we don't even realize we're in the matrix. Yeah. You know, and then this was amazing. So one of my favorite movies is Braveheart. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so 
as you know, William Wallace, he just wanted, it says in the, he says in the, I just want a normal life, normal family, and then everything's taken from him. And then he goes into training, and then he goes rescues the nation. Mm-hmm. So that's my favorite movie, and I was watching it at, at the Heart of a Warrior conference, and whoever was hearing this, please look at uh, Zoe Men's Ministry for the Heart of a Warrior. It'll change your life. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> so I'm at, at at that conference, and and they play Wild at Heart, and at that moment, you mean Braveheart? Braveheart, sorry, yeah. about that. Braveheart, and at that moment, um, <clears throat> I felt the Lord say, "You're my William Wallace." And I was crying like a baby. He says, "I've set you free, and I want you to go fight for others." Hmm. And I was crying. It was just amazing. It was just a validation. We need that. We need that name from the Lord. What is your name that He gives? He's given yeah. you that God-given identity, that mm-hmm. that glorious identity. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so after that, I go back to my room. Now my youngest son was there at the conference with me, and I had bought him Wild at Heart because I've read that book six times. It changed my life. So read the Bible number one. Read Wild at Heart number two. <laughs> Okay. And Heart of a Warrior. And Heart of a Warrior, <laughs> number three. Yeah. And um, and get yourself outwitting the devil so you can understand the enemy. Yeah. So um, so I brought Wild at Heart to honor my son. And one of my best friends calls, hey, Tony, let's go up to the cafeteria. I got to make a phone call, call my wife. And uh, I said, all right. And I grabbed, the, I wanted to honor my son. I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I was in the room and I said, let me grab this Wild at Heart book. And I go up there, and I walk into the room, and I don't know, 50, 60 men in that room. I was there. And they all, men that I know, as soon as I walked in, I was like, wow, these these guys are part of my journey, have loved me through, mm-hmm. have been able to sow into their lives, restore a lot of their lives. Yeah. And then they asked me to come on stage. And Michael Thompson was holding, no, JB was holding the William Wallace sword in his hand. And they knighted me with the sword. <laughs> so that morning, God tells me, <clears throat> I'm William Wallace. <laughs> then that afternoon, yeah. the Lord knights me with his sword. And he said, because you're fighting good with your heart, now you can fight with a sword. And then I was able to honor my son with the book, Wild at Heart, at the same time. But they had set this up for months. They were trying to get my other son there, my wife there, and my kids there. Yeah. Things didn't work out, but... But it was just amazing. So, so tell me, um, or tell everybody, kind of where, where are you doing? What are you doing now? Right? I know you're doing some stuff with. I think it's like leadership, or kind of tell me a little bit about what what Scott's okay. doing there. So, so how that all came about was, you know, Bill O'Brien showed me that I have a big vision and a big dream. So even when I started this vi- this process of healing of restoration mm-hmm. yeah i had a vision that one day i'd be in madison square garden an rbc center speaking to thousands of men and having them get free mm. and through because of the vision the vision of my life i was consistently growing and, and reading books and curriculums and inner healing mm. and, and stuff on sexual addiction and all these books and all yeah. these videos and all these conferences and you know, I've been to 11 of Zoe's conferences, yeah, probably yeah. 12 by now, something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Never miss one. And, um, you know, there are days where I listen to 10 to 15 sermons mm. preparing for the mission. Yeah. 
And then a year ago, a year, about a year and a half ago, a friend of mine called me up, said, I'm in a business. And I was like, what kind of business? A coaching business. I said, what do y'all do? And he told me a little bit. And he's never really done much with anything. So I haven't seen him in two years. I said, I'm going. So I get there. And the guy who's sharing. Now, Bill O'Brien's been dead 20-something years. Mm. He's talking. And he sounds just like my first mentor, Bill. You got to have big visions. You got to watch who you hang out with. You got to read all the time. You got to watch what you listen to. Because you got the eye gate, the ear gate is programming your mind mm. and everything. I said, okay. And then he said this. There's a man by the name of Jerry Hartice coming into town on Tuesday. I said, are you serious? I said, is he from Pennsylvania? He goes, yes. That was Bill O'Brien's mentor. My first mentor's mentor. Like, I'm talking to you guys about Bill O'Brien. The man changed my life. I have a picture of him, two, mm. three pictures on my dresser of him mm. that I live every day to honor that man. Mm. I got saved because of him. Mm. God used him to save me. He gave me a vision for my life. And I've been doing what he's done, telling me to do since then. Yeah, he's awesome. only in my life for three years. Okay. <clears throat> and um, so I said, I'm going to this meeting. I don't care about this business. But I'm going to the meeting because of Jerry Hartice. And I get to the meeting, and I look at Jerry. He goes, I know you don't. I was like, yeah, yeah. I used to be on work with Bill O'Brien. And he goes, man, pleasure meeting you. I said, I'm just here to honor you. I said, what you put into Bill, he put into me. And I took several guys I've been mentoring, and, you, and I put it into them. Mm. And he told me this, and it blew my mind. He said, he, he showed me a watch. He said, you see this watch? I was like, yeah. He goes, this is Bill O'Brien's watch. So Bill's been dead for 20 years. His mentor's wearing his watch. I named my son after Bill. And every time I share my testimony, I'm talking about Bill. What kind of a legacy are you going to leave in yeah. this world? It's about changing lives. It's not about money. It's not about anything but another soul. And my mission, when people ask me, what do you do? Is I rescue men from the deception of the enemy. Mm -hmm. I gotta set them free because Satan's got them bound. Yeah. By truth and testimony. Yeah. So I've been coaching through life leadership and it's been amazing. It really helped me get it. What it helped me with the best thing it gave me hope. Yeah. Because you know, be doing ministry and and giving your life away and working in churches, it, it gets frustrating at times. I saw life leadership. I said, this is the deal. And I I've talked to the owner, met him, and um. And it's just been an amazing thing yeah. because now I have the tools. Yeah. So I have stuff on leadership development, professional development, yeah. Yeah. marriage, teenage parenting skills, yeah, all these yeah. different things, yeah, the corporate leadership, sales, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. So now whenever I talk to someone, this is what I do. I don't give them all the answers. I give them the tool or a tape or a sermon. And I was doing that before Life Leadership. Because my mm -hmm. YouTube favorites have 200 sermons on my YouTube favorites. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking to me, it's going to key in some kind of a sermon or something. And I'm going to send you the sermon. I'm going to tell you, take notes. And how you're going to apply it to your life. What is God telling you how to apply it? Mm -hmm. And then call me and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Well, what I know about it is you're no nonsense. That's no, what I like I, about I, you. you, you <clears throat> just, it, I, I, we've talked about various people that we've mutually known, and it's just sort of like they're ready or they're not ready, mm -hmm. basically. You yeah. know, and you either, they either want it or they don't. 
Yeah. And uh, and there's a lot of men that do. And so just spending time with people that are just like, yeah, whatever, make it easy. And it's just like, yeah, no. it's not going to work for you. No, it's you got to set goals. You. you have to know when you want to accomplish something because yeah. <clears throat> the thing about when I was doing ministry, I would give people information. Yeah. But I never knew what they wanted. Yeah. When do you want to do this? Yeah. This day. Well, now you have urgency. Now you want to do the work. Yeah. But if we don't give them a target, there's no urgency. Yeah. You know, I remember my first mentor saying, you got to put a date on whatever you want to do. And someday is not a day. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, not someday. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> So I'm going to put all that information in the in the podcast. So if, if people, I mean, are you, I mean, would you be open to people coming and say, yeah, I'd be interested? Oh, yeah. yeah. Call okay. me. I'm awesome, here to help awesome, you awesome. And, and coach and, good, good, you know, good, good. whether you want to do life leadership or not, it doesn't make any difference to me. I, I yeah. just want to kick Satan in the butt. And, uh, yes. And, and if you're trapped in any way, give me a buzz. Let's have some fun. Yeah. that That's, uh, <laughs> we share the same hatred. I want to kick Satan in the butt as well, man. It just, yeah. It's just, it's too, too, too many years wasted. Mm-hmm. Well, look, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Tony. It's been, it's been amazing. Love you, brother. I love you too, yeah, man. We're going to change the world. That's right. All right, buddy. Bye. Thank you. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hey, we're just getting started out, so any help you can provide to share it with your friends would be great. Uh, we just kicked off a Facebook page, uh, The Kindling Fire podcast and uh, just any episodes that you like uh, share it with your friends and um, if you'd like to reach out to us you can reach us at the fire at gmail.com uh, or if you'd like any more information about myself or some of the things that I write you can go to troy and kathy.com